With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to an ep- another episode of That's Rap Podcast. This is our Sunday edition where we take a look at some of the news that's going on around the NBA. Uh, I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. I'm joined by my other co-host, Dre, and our producer, Jason. Uh, welcome to the pod, guys. How's it going? We got two more weeks till Christmas. Woo-hoo. Two more weeks until our first Christmas game. We are, we are Ooh, wearing nice. the uh, city edition, right, for the Christmas games? Yes, that is yeah. the second game of yes, the uh, city edition. I was just watch. I was just looking at, uh, or I guess watch the Christmas edition commercials for the NBA, which are kind of cool. But I kind of feel like those jerseys are a little cheesy, a little corny. The old, the old jerseys. Really? No, I, I agree. I think so. they're a little, a little. Tra- okay, basically, I'm okay. The fact that we're wearing the city edition jerseys, I'm okay with it. That's all. Are, are you saying that you wish there was? There's there's room for improvement, or there there could have been other options. There there could no no no. There, there, I guess there's a little bit of room for improvement, but I'm glad it's not like weird Christmassy font for like right. Toronto or something like that. What they used to do. So that's why I thought it was a little cheesy. But with the fact that we're having the the city edition jerseys for for Christmas, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Well, what about last year's city editions? Like I know we weren't like entirely fans of it, but like it was the the red ones with the chevron that said North. Now. You know, I, I remember like thinking at the time, like, it was okay, but like, I, it grew on me as the season went on. I, you know, they busted it out during the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, it's stuck in our brains now, but like, would you rather have that because it's red and Christmas? And- uh, may- maybe. And I, if, if, if there was ever a jersey that grew me, it's definitely the Chevron, mainly because that we won a championship with those. And also, I'm pretty sure those are called earned jersey or like the, uh, oh, all, all type, right. all of those, those yeah. jerseys across the NBA it's are called the earned. earned. Yeah. So the, it's, it's so, it's the, the yeah. fact that we kind of earned that championship kind of, you know, makes me feel a little bit better about those jerseys do you guys remember were the warriors wearing their earned jerseys because i could swear that the raptors put them in an urn they were wearing their burn jerseys <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're so lame all right well i'm glad we got to talk about some uh raptors news in our in our last episode but like jay said we on the sunday edition we get to kind of talk about everything else around the nba and including our raptors so why I say including the Raptors is because we got a little bit of scary news, you'd say, about uh, the whole Masai Ujiri possibly going to the to the Knicks. And if this is if this sounds like a broken record, it's because it is. Knicks and a lot of other teams, including the Washington Wizards, has been trying furiously to get Masai Ujiri in their front office. And who wouldn't, right? Masai is probably the best general manager in 
all of NBA and probably all of, or not maybe all, but in a lot of major sports. And he's very highly touted, uh, but he's he's part of the Raptors. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation because you know New York is New York, right? We can't take that away from New York. If if you want to get your I guess your name, your brand, everything out there, New York is probably the best place to be. If you can have someone like Masai to bring New York into contention, that's going to make, do wonders. Not only for New York or your brand, but an entire NBA right so i wanted to get your your guys take what do you guys feel what is your take on homicide going to new york or anywhere else for that matter because it's it's a little scarier than i first first (sighs) saw i think before dre uh jumps into his answer i just want to clarify the wording of this and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's not the fact that Masai is going to go to new york it's that New York is going to actively pursue Masai. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I definitely took it as in like Masai yes. wants to go to New York. No, that's not the that's not the case. Well, obviously, I don't really know. But the whole point of New York is trying their best to persuade Masai right. to come uh, be part of New York Knicks. What do you guys think? I know my answer is going to carry a lot of bias because the Knicks are one of my uh, like it's like the least favorite team of mine of the entire league and one of my least favorite teams of of every sport um look if i was masai Ujiri, i would op- i would absolutely follow any great opportunity that i'm getting like it, it doesn't matter where it's coming from however i despise like the new york knicks organization because a lot of what they do are solutions to shut up viewers and and pundits that are naysayers Rather than actual solutions, because like let's let's look at their entire their entire success rate in the entire new millennium outside of the the early Ewing era in the early two thousands. Uh, let, let's like completely ignore the whole uh, Carmelo Anthony era as well, because like was it really that great? Like there's a lot of systemic problems with the New York Knicks, and perhaps if they orchestrated themselves a little bit better and more ethically. Uh, they wouldn't be in this position to begin with, but I digress. That's obviously why they're trying to fix this position. But I, I wouldn't, because w- would he want to deal with the toxicity of the New York media, the fan base, even though the fan base deserves a lot better? They're toxic because of what they've been enduring. Like, this is this is a group, this is a fan base that boos a draft pick at the draft because they didn't like the guy that they got. And guess what? He was the best player they received in years. So, like, look, even if he went to, like, the Cavaliers or the Wizards, other teams that I hate, I would say, hey, there's promise here. Just because the Knicks can offer a lot, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful here, no matter who you try and get, because you're going to be dealing with a lot of hands in pockets, a lot of back talk. They're not going to fully trust this guy, and I know they're not going to. Like the media is not gonna not gonna trust him fully, no matter so, what moves he makes. So the reason, okay. So before before I let you go, uh, take, give me your point, Jay. I just want to say that when the Raptors won a championship, it basically changed all of how you know Canada views the Raptors, right? But that doesn't change the view of the NBA. And I feel mm-hmm. like if 
you know, we have one team, one team out of 30 that is outside of the United States. You have 29 teams in the United States that are going for that championship. Being that one team in Canada isn't going to change the landscape of the NBA. But if you change the landscape of the NBA for the New York Knicks, that's going to be humongous. And I feel like the reason why I'm going to be the pundit of saying that this might be a little bit scarier and we might have to take this a little bit more serious than we think it is just because it's the Knicks and they're a, t- a dumpster fire is because that as a fan uh, and watching Masai, you know, organize his team, you know that he doesn't shy away from adversity. He actually mm-hmm. goes towards problem. He wants to be a problem solver. He wants to be that savior to like bring a bad contention team, i.e. the Raptors, to into glory. And the fact that they has he has a chance to do that with the New York Knicks is humongous. Regardless if it's Dolan, regardless if they're a dumpster fire, the fact that this opportunity arises is bigger than what Toronto can bring. And I'm saying that as someone who loves Toronto, and I can see that from afar in Canada. Being that savior for a New York Knicks will possibly be a savior for a lot of the NBA. So, Jay, what about you, man? Uh, there is one more benefit for, for Masai that I can think of off the top of my head, and that is he has finds great value in promoting the Giants of Africa. Uh, the, the that foundation that he's heading up and the exposure in New York would be much greater than in Toronto. So there's right. another benefit there for him to make the move. However, taking into account everything you guys have said, um, and I think the biggest one there is that really that opportunity to turn around a franchise and want to be that problem solver. Um, it's that, I mean, do you guys remember how you felt last year around about this time when there were rumors that Lawrence Frank was showing up to Raptors games and scouting and, and yep. just tracking the Raptors and, 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 and he was, they were starting their already their pitch for Kawhi. Do you remember how you felt? Did you feel the exact same way? Did you feel like, Oh crap, he's showing up to the games. He's, he's a goner. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I felt it, it was more like feeling the, are trying to get into the moment of of knowing that Kawhi because in the back of everybody's mind, I feel we all thought that Kawhi's uh, main destination wasn't going to be Toronto. It was going to be it right. was going to be Los Angeles, no matter if it was the Lakers or the Clippers. And it was always going to be in the back of every every Raptors mind, right? So it's more like because uh, Lawrence Frank is there, it's now time to okay, let's let's bring let's let's um you know relish in these moments and try to relive it as best as possible but now it's because it's messiah and messiah has been here for the worst of times bringing us back to the best of times this is why it's a little bit a different situation even though uh this isn't necessarily going to happen this fear that a lot of people have maybe because this would feel like the end of this of this era for for good where Masai came brought us to the promised land and now he's like gone what are we going to do without him this and this it it will mark like the definitive end and who knows maybe the next chapter would still be really good maybe we make it to the finals without him doesn't matter it it's still you know you, you don't want things like this to, to wrap up you want a dynasty you know you want you want this guy to stay you want this guy to be the best gm you want it to be a part of Raptors history for his history, the entire thing. You know what I mean? Like to go down as like one of the greatest Raptors to ever live. And it doesn't just have to be a player. It could be one of the higher ups as well. Like I would absolutely give him that title. I don't know about you guys. 
Um, the, so now that we've kind of established, you know, all the benefits it could be for him to go to New York, uh, now it's time for, in my in my eyes, this is the reality. The reality is his situation in Toronto is far better than what it is in New York. Um, you know, you guys touched upon it earlier when you were mentioning James Dolan, and that's not something we should gloss over. He is a very, very controlling individual. Yeah. Um, uh, him and Steve Mills, like, they are very controlling. And I don't think Masai wants to leave a situation in Toronto where he has all the power. Uh, you know, him and Bobby Webster do a lot of work on, you know, in terms of bringing in the right uh, players that fit our system and and all that and he gets all the glory bobby webster doesn't uh in new york that's not going to be the situation in new york it's very much he will be the puppet to james dolan and i don't think that that's something he wants to step into regardless of how much of a uh legacy building um you know fixer upper he'd be able to do there i I have no doubt he'd managed to somehow turn that around but i also think that this is just this really is just a rumor to our knowledge that's cooked up by the new york media Mm, there's no one in toronto that has has added any credence to this i could have even just started a rumor and said hey i heard from an insider that messiah might go to boston and that's all it takes for it to spread like fire and you know I, I, I'm assuming that this has come from New York media. Kudos to them because now we're all talking about it. We're yeah. debating when in the reality, the situation is really good for Masai to stay here. And he's still got two more years to bring uh, Giannis and Tentacupo, so he ain't leaving. That's true. Please. And <laughs> and to that point, um, Michael Trekos from the Toronto Sun, he talked to Larry and Tannenbaum, and he's uh, the... I, I guess the the person who basically pays Masai Ujiri, and he said about Masai and you know the the interest from both the Wizards and the Knicks. He said that no team can come talk to him. That's tampering, and every owner knows that Masai is here to stay. So if we're gonna take all those rumors aside, he does have two more years. No contract has been talked about yet because to Tannenbaum it hasn't been the right time. But we still got those two years, so no one's gonna talk to Masai. Tampering still goes on from not just the players, but also to the owners and the GMs and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can talk about rumors and all. And yeah, like 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 Jay said, New York is probably, you know, doing this for the benefit of the media and, and benefit for everyone to talk about it. So kudos to them. But well, what other headlines do they have? Look at their team. Yeah, exactly. Even their their Twitter account it doesn't know what to do anymore. Either, so. <laughs> They're not even posting scores anymore. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Just on to the next one. On to the next. It's it's wonderful. All right. Well, well yeah. I, I I feel like with the help of uh, Tandem Bomb, we can probably put this one to bed for now. For now, if anything comes up, we'll definitely talk about it again. But there's some other news that also came up in Raptorland too. I know this is the NBA news for the Sunday edition, but there's a lot of Raptor talk lately, and that Raptor talk had to do with some trade talk. Jay, do you want to do you want to put uh, do you want to lead the way on this one? Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of names that have started to pop up, and I should preface this with the reason why you're seeing a lot of uh, names starting to pop up is. Uh, you need to circle December, if you haven't already, circle December 15 on your calendar. December 15 is when anyone who signed with a new team over the offseason, that is when they are now eligible for trades. Mm. So, you know, any any trade rumors or, or trade ideas you've been cooking up, a lot of them have been rejected because, you know, the person cannot be traded until December 15th. Now, this is not to say that once December 15th happens, there will be a slew of trades, but it also um, could mean that 
there are discussions happening. It's just that nothing can be made official until the 15th. Now, there isn't any single rumor out there that says that any trade is going to be happening. I'm just saying the fact. And the fact is, December 15th is the day you want to keep an eye on because Mm -hmm. then uh, more avenues uh, and more players become available uh, for trade purposes. Having said that, there are some very notable names who have started to creep up in those trade rumors. Uh, I'll just list them off in terms of who whose names I've seen. Uh, you guys can jump in with whoever other names you've heard, but here's who I've seen so far. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of Robert Covington, but I don't know if the Covington one is that he wants out or if it's he's just someone that a lot of people want. So... Yeah, those are the names. I don't know if you got any others, but uh, what do you guys think? Well, all um, I know is that OKC is trying to, you know, remove everybody, literally everybody from their roster. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. leave that aside. But the two Cavaliers, that was a little bit interesting. And now I know that uh, news got out about Love wanting to go to his hometown in Portland. He wants to sign with the Blazers. So that only leaves one person, and that's Tristan Thompson. No! Re- I know, I know, I know. As a person <laughs> i don't really like this guy but as a player let's take let's take the the clippers game for example against the rap against the raptors okay or even the the ones beforehand the amount of times that we couldn't finish a a possession a defensive possession because we couldn't get a defensive rebound was far far too many someone like tristan thompson could relieve that serge Ibaka, marcus saw both of those guys aren't there they should be there to rebound but for some reason it's not happening tristan thompson isn't going to get you 20 points but he might get you 20 rebounds right and for next year he's going to be unrestricted free agent and it depends on if they want to take him take him off the books or maybe we can sign him next year who knows but i feel like if there was anybody of the names that you mentioned jay tristan thompson as much as you know the the naysayers say about uh, the the personality of this guy, this locker room, and the the amount of times that he said that you know the the East runs through Cleveland, uh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm to, I'm looking to him as a player, and Ugh. at this moment, it, I wouldn't mind seeing someone like a Tristan Thompson, Canadian own, to be part of the Raptors. I don't know, man. There's uh, two two of those people that uh, that I'd be kind of curious to see, but one that I'm especially curious to see. Gallinari, I'm kind of curious about. It's Steven Adams that I would be like all on board for. Be like, hey, let's bring that guy over. You know, if we could have another, you know, hugely defensive player and the guy who gets rebounds, because guess what? That's the biggest flaw we've had even since last year is offensive rebounds. This guy could be the answer to that. Now, if we're looking at just the two uh, Cavalier players, I, you know, neither is is my answer. But if I had to pick one, I don't know. Like, do we get Kevin Love for like a Marcus All or something where it's like, hey, you know, they're both kind of past their prime, but at least Kevin Love's a little bit less past his prime. Like, I don't know. Like, the only name that sticks out where I'd, I'd be open to anything is Stephen Adams because Tristan Thompson and Chris Paul are very toxic for different reasons. Yalanari's okay, but like, what would he particularly add significantly? I mean, he could add a little bit, but like significantly. I feel like Steven Adams is like the one player out of those listed where it's like, hey, this guy would completely change some of our game for better or for worse, but there would be a significant difference. 
the only reason why I'm a little hesitant with Kevin Love, and I feel like Jay's going to uh, come back in with this, because what are we trying to do in 2021, 2022? Mm-hmm. Is trying to open up the books for all the free agents that are coming in, right? By that time, we, Kevin Love still has two more years on his contract. For 2021 and 2022, he has $32 million and yeah. the next year is going to be twenty nine million. So it's not wise. It's not, and I don't. As much as you know, we can we can hope that Kevin Love comes back to you know the Minnesota days where he gives you twenty and twenty. I don't. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he's past that, right? So yeah. I that's why I wouldn't see the the love coming to Toronto. But I don't know, Jay. What about you, man? Yeah. That so in in a nutshell, if Kevin Love were were to make his way to Toronto, regardless of what kind of trade package we put together for him, that ends any dreams of bringing in a max max person in 2021 so that yeah. inclu- that's not just Antetokounmpo that's anyone like right. uh, Kawhi Paul George anyone you don't have the money then if Kevin Love is the one you, you're 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 pinning your hopes on so for me That'd that's that's what yeah that's what basically eliminates Kevin Love um, as it pertains to Tristan Thompson and Danilo Gallinari they're both appealing because they both expire at the end of the year. Um, what that means moving forward is up to you, but um, they both of them have their own ways in which they move the needle um, in a good way. Again, this it depends on who the Raptors would be giving up. In, in both cases, uh, I'm thinking about now Tristan Thompson and Steven Adams. The person who's probably heading out is probably Serge Ibaka. Um, and the reason why yeah. I say that is because you know, as much as um, Marc Gasol's offensive game is has really taken a, a nosedive in terms of the counting stats, he has really been outstanding defensively. Like mm-hmm. it, it just it's it's so hard to quantify what he brings to the table outside of just the blocks, the deflections. It is his IQ is just through the roof, and I cannot see um, the Raptors trading him away. I uh, it, it's either hopefully hoping to re-sign him for at a very cheap contract in the offseason um or, or i don't know i i just don't see him being him being the trade piece uh it's got to be Serge Ibaka who comes off the bench and you yeah. know someone like a Tristan Thompson and or uh, sorry or a Steven Adams can supply what he can offensively uh as well as defensively and hopefully be that spark that we're looking for um as it pertains to like some of the guys that were were listed, um, I cooked up a couple of trades that work out, and I and I thought I threw all of them in your direction and see what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I did give you guys a bit of a heads up on this one, and this is this one I think will most likely get rejected by OKC. But what works out is Stephen Adams and Shea Gilgis Alexander mm. for Serge Ibaka and Norm Powell. Would you That's do that bad. trade? I. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, I know that I talked to you about this one already. I would be hard pressed to give away or trade Norm Powell just because of like where he's came from and, and he yeah. was starting as a as a raptor and everything like that. But to get someone like Shea Gilgis Alexander, I mean, I, I'm sorry. He is the That's future. He is the future of the OKC Thunder. It, I I don't think Chris Paul is going to be playing. Uh, as a Thunder, par- par- partly like by the end of this year, I think he's gone before the trade deadline. So Shea is going to be their number one point guard, and he is a damn, damn good point for for a sophomore year. So yes, I would go with that trade. Do you? Is OKC going to do that? I don't think so. I really don't. Think yeah, so. that's a less than one percent, but that's that's kind of the in terms of the numbers they they work out. Um, you know, Norm being especially good lately has probably boosted his value. 
Um, and, and Surge is Surge, right? Like him and Steven Adams are one in the same in terms of what they bring to the table and their, their contracts being very, very similar in terms of length and, and amount. So, um, yeah, that's just one of the, the deals I cooked up. I don't like, again, I, I think that's probably a no as well, just because of um, exactly what you said. SGA is their, is their point guard of the future. But if yeah. this was something that Masai could pull off, then that lightens the, the, the blow of Lowry and or Fred Van Vliet eventually leaving the team. So right. that's, that's kind of the goal with that trade. I'm going to second that notion. I think it, it would be a good trade if it could be pulled off, but I, the likeliness of it being pulled off isn't going to happen. If this was like earlier in the year, which it wouldn't have been, but if it was, then maybe. But um, Gilgis Alexander is already making a name for himself. That's that's basically where it becomes tricky. You know, Serge is, is also, uh, he's on the good end of 30, but I don't think they're going to want to give up a 26-year-old Steven Adams uh, just just via the age group, honestly. Like, I, I feel like when you when you have someone like Steven Adams, who is the base, basically the heart and soul of OKC now uh, with Westbrook gone, I don't see them giving up Adams anymore. I really don't. I feel like he's going to be a lifer for OKC. I just realize I'm such a very poor fake GM. I didn't even ask the question. Uh, first question being, are, are the Raptors even going to be buyers at the, at the trade deadline? And if so, what are they really going for? Is yeah, it, that that's a good right? question. Like, that, that's a really good question. And, and I don't know at this point because we kind of saw it uh, when the, you saw, you know, uh, both, Lowry, both Lowry and Ibaka go down. We have such a great development team that mm-hmm. when you have someone like Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis coming off the bench and having good minutes and they're playing very, very well, do we really want to... Uh, yeah, like you said, are we buying? Are we selling? I'm not too sure. I think at this moment we're probably selling, no? Like we're selling our, our young guns or probably trying to get rid of the old contracts? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with that, actually. Um you know, usually around this time of year, it'd be a bit of a different story with the Raptors. But, you know, we've come off a championship run. Um, our drought is with our most of our full lineup, Sans Fred Van Vliet. Um, but, like, when a lot of players were down, it was the young guns, as you said, that were bringing everybody back. So, like, I don't know. Uh, probably sell because uh, we, we've got a lot to offer. Um, but are we, like, desperate enough to be, like, gunning after uh, specific players at this point i don't know yeah and and from history's standpoint for the raptors i don't think bobby webster nor Masai are really in the you know act now because we're losing or act fast right. because you know we have an injury uh we we're we haven't done anything since probably the marcus all trade and also the rudy gay trade where we've done anything middle of the season either so mm-hmm. out of all these trade aspects or all these trade rumors i i feel like we're going to stamp out mainly because we are still what top five in the east uh, and we're still in contention in the playoffs all these rumors aside i i feel like we're still going to stand pat yeah I yeah agree. for the most part yes i do agree with you guys um uh, i have a couple of more trade ideas but you know what i'm going to park them because they are really out there actually no i'm going to say one more before okay. we move on okay. And okay let's hear it because it's definitely not going to happen. But again, the numbers work, and I'm saying this more as a debate starter. Uh, Norm and Fred Van Vliet for Lonzo Ball and Zion. 
Get the hell out of here. Oh, okay, Zion okay, fine, maybe. I'll stop talking. Okay, I'll stop oh, wow. talking. Let's, just, let's Zion, just move on. Let's move on. Zion maybe, but anything with with a zero ball attached to it. It's not LaMelo. I'm not interested. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're saying you're not interested? That's that's a no-brainer. Ooh, for, for, I would, I would for gladly, Zion? I would gladly take Lonzo and LaVar ball if it meant Zion's coming to the team. <laughs> But the guy's injury prone, though. He's like he's not even played a single game yet. Well, that's he's a, that's prone. the thing. That's the thing. He's never played it. the The fact that he hasn't played a game yet, uh, and the potential out of all that, I would give up. the The furthest I would go, I would go even give up OG for Zion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'd hop on. I'd hop on that train. So yeah. So the the Fred Van Vliet norm for Lonzo and Zion, no. Maybe. Yeah, I would go. Uh, I'd do it. I'd do it. I, I, that for me in a heartbeat, yes. Like, because what you're trading for is to your point, both your point, right? Lonzo and Zion both already have injury history, whereas Norman Fred, for the most part, not so much. So, what you're trading is something that's certain for potential, but yes, but the potential. Right. For each of them, specifically Zion, is yeah. ridiculous. Well, Zion's, so that's yeah, absolutely. Me. Oh man, but, I mean, back that's a to good one, what, what you're both. Back to what both of you were saying earlier, like, like for sure, this is a no from the Pelicans. They'll just laugh because Zion is like, that's a potential top five player in the NBA, right? That's yeah. he has yeah. that much potential. Yeah, no, absolutely no, but yeah, gotta take care of himself though. That's half the problem. Listeners, I know that Jay yeah. wants to cause some fire, so if you're gonna at anybody at Jay Rosales on Twitter, just me, just <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> for sure. All right, so let's put a bow on this uh, uh, trade talk. Hopefully, or if if there is a good trade out there, you know, let us know. Let us see what you have in your trade machine, and and we'll talk about it. We'll debate about it. But uh, I know that we wanted to do this last week. We didn't really have too much time, um, but I know that J- uh, Dre. We wanted to get a question that you could also throw out there for us to debate and maybe, you know, cause some fire. I, I want to know what kind of crazy question you had is for us. Again, fans, listeners, we, we're not too sure of what we're going to call this just yet. Basically, every single week, we want one of us, Jay, Dre, myself, uh, one of us each week are going to give uh, all three of us, I guess, a question for us to debate against. Um, and we have no idea what it's about. It could be about the Raptors. It could be about NBA. But I just wanted to kind of cause some drama on, on, on this show. So, Dre, let, let's hear it. Let's hear what you got, brother. Yeah, okay. Well, first off, I'm going to do, like, I'm going to preface it with a little bit of a goofy thing, because that's what I do best. I come up with stupid stuff. So, um, for a couple of weeks now, maybe even a month, uh, it's no secret to uh, people like myself, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield has been out for the Switch. I've already completed my Pokedex. <laughs> I'm currently uh, shiny hunting. I've got three. Uh, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a nerd. I never outgrew that phase when I was a kid. So, uh, this is a two-parter. First off, it's just a little bit of a thing I put together. We're all a bit um, of nerds, brother. We're all a bit of nerds. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, as of late, you know, every, everybody's been on the Pikachu hype train, but it's it's kind of been uh, the Eevee show lately. You know, the, the <laughs> Let's Go Eevee, that's become like the new mascot. Um, you know, there's like those memes where it's like all of these different Eevees represent different things. So like, you know, subgenres of music or TV shows. For God's sakes, people like Ariana Grande are getting EV tattoos. It's become a bit of a thing. So I figured since we are all cut from the same cloth on this Raptors team and we are all but one, why don't we 
assign Raptors players as different EVs. So uh, if you don't play the games, I will try my best to, to explain what each EV is supposed to be like. And basically comparing basketball players to Pokemon is one of the geekiest things I've ever done. And the fact that it's not the geekiest uh, makes me rather sad. So <laughs> we're going to start off with just the flat out normal EV, not evolved, just, you know, the brown little EV, normal type. That's all it is. Wait, can I'm we can we yes. can we guess these? Can we guess these though? Yeah, I if you know want. I know a little bit about. I don't know all of it, but I know a little bit about Eevee. So you're talking about the normal Pokemon? The normal? Yeah, the just normal just just the normal one. Uh, j- just a heads up. I don't know if you know that there there's this many. There are eight. So if if Holy answers crap. are kept short, uh, maybe that'll go by a little bit more quickly. That's so, true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, regular Eevee. Who do you think? You know, just normal uh, type. That's all it is. Lowry. Okay. Let's go with Norm. I was thinking Patrick McCaw because uh-huh. he's kind of a recent novelty. You see, Patrick McCaw has been on three ch- championship teams, even though it wasn't necessarily what he was doing. Uh, he just happened to be on these teams. So he's a bit of a fad, kind of like, you know, just the plain Eevee is. Solid all-arounder, may not be the superstar, but still is still loved and is consistent when needed. So that is why Patrick McCaw is a regular Eevee. Now we have Vaporeon, which is the water type. What do you guys think? Surge. Yeah, sure, Surge. I'm actually thinking Pascal Siakam, and I'll tell you why. Ah, <laughs> because Vaporeon is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, EV. Uh, it's the most fluid and, and the kind that's like the hardest to kind of get a hold of. Easiest to love, especially in the original team, and is one of the flashier types. That, to me, that, that screams Pascal Siakam. Okay, okay. God, okay. this is so geeky, but we have seven left. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, well, now, with, with those seven, I don't think we should guess because we don't know very sure. much. <laughs> so you go, you go. I, do I will, I'll chime in on like one or two. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, for sure. Uh, Jolteon. Uh, any guesses for Jolteon? Fast. That has to be Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to go Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or if it's you guys. It might be me, but I'm a Kyle Lowry because uh, <laughs> Jolteon, Jolteon does a lot of small damage, like Pin Missile, uh, a lot of big damage sometimes, like Thunder, but a lot of small chipping away damage, but there's so much hustle. It's always chipping away, kind of like a Jolteon, kind of like Kyle <laughs> nice. Lowry. Flareon, uh, this one I could go just right into if you Ooh. want. Oh, no, no, no wait, I, got, okay. I got this one. This yeah. is the one I was waiting for. Okay, go no, for no, you first, you first. Go uh, for it, go for it. Uh, who's our uh, Matt Thomas? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> what? Well, why? Oh no, no, no! Wait, no, wait. We can wait for we can wait for the ice one. Uh, anyways, yeah, but yeah, oh, I was totally thinking of Matt true. Thomas. True. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you this: I don't have one for Matt Thomas. Oh, okay. Someone. Oh. So someone who who shoots really well at threes. Yeah, that that's why I was thinking of Matt Thomas yeah. as well. But this is this is funny because I guess you're both seeing it from like an aesthetic standpoint, like how they yeah. look. I'm looking at this from like complete gameplay, like how these how these EVs like work as fighters. Okay, that's right, fair. Right. That's fair. Okay, that who makes you sense. got that? Yeah, yeah. I've got Marcus All because Flareon, as fantastic as he is, is known and infamous for its limited move set. The fact that it doesn't get a lot of good moves, but always a hard worker, and it's a veteran OG too. It's one of the first original EVs, kind of like Marcus All. Huh? Veteran that's player. Nice. You know, great on the defensive end. Limited moveset, but we appreciate him nonetheless. Espeon, the psychic type. I will pass on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say OG. This one I've got Fred Van Fleet, actually. Can easily read the game like a psychic. (laughs) Super flashy, a newer favorite. And yeah, all-around positivity, which uh, Eevee evolves during the day into an Espeon with much love. So therefore, to me, that screams Fed Van Vliet. You know, overnight success, even though it's during the day because it's an Espeon. And yeah, fantastic stuff. Now we got the nighttime alternative, Umbreon. 
which is a dark type. I'll give you a hint. It's much more kind of gritty and less flashy, but like more about like the hustle. Run to Hellas Jefferson. RHJ. Oh, nice. Ah, oh, I'm saving him <laughs> for somebody else. I'm saving him for somebody else. I think but... it's hilarious. It's hilarious that me and Jason keep saying the same yeah, answers. <laughs> and we're always wrong. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, though. Um, RHJ is saved for a similar-ish type of Pokemon. But no, uh, this is Norad Pal, in my opinion. Grit and grind, always playing physically, because dark-type attacks are known for mostly being physical. You know, short little bursts up in your face. Effort is always there, even when shots don't land, which dark-type is a little bit uh, wonky with, with its uh, critical hit ratio. And uh, it's at its accuracy. That's a Norman Pal. Not always on top of his game, but always putting in full effort. We got the ice one nice. now. Glaceon. Uh, uh, I you got already nothing. said it's not Matt Thomas. Yeah, so exactly. I, I would have been. Not, I would have been Matt Thomas one. on that one. This one I've got OG Ananobi. Underrated at first because ice types are always underrated for having so many weaknesses and being a little fragile. OG Ananobi's a little bit underrated at first, but a threat when misunderstood, just like OG. When you put your guard down, ice types can kill you in one hit because they're special. So can OG. You know, a lot of people misunderstand these for being a little fragile, a little bit easy to, to intimidate, but no, when they're on top of their game, they kill. We got two left. We got the Leaf one. We got Leafy on. This is what you saved RHJ for. Leafeon, I've got Chris Boucher, also initially overlooked, but making a big splash now, huge on offense, like like Grass-type can be, but also great on defense and strategy, just like Grass-type. So, yeah. of course, I've spoiled the last one, Sylveon, which is the Fairy-type. That one, to me, is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, the newest fad, great on both ends of the floor, offensive and defensive, like Fairy-types are, and making the biggest impact the quickest, like the Fairy-type, which is the most modern type of Pokémon released. So those are my Eevees. I don't know what you guys think, but now it gets down to my question time. You know, talking about Pokemon and all of that, it's not Pokemon related, but it's Pokemon influenced. One of the greatest things is the ability to trade, especially from older games into newer ones. So the biggest problem with Sword and Shield is a lot of Pokemon got cut out, so you couldn't bring some of your old buddies from older games into your newer ones. But what if we applied this to basketball? If you had to select three veteran Raptors players in their prime to replace current ones in our starting five, what would your Pokemon lineup be, which is typically six, but we're going to make it five because it's basketball. What would your lineup be if you could trade veteran Raptors players in their primes for our starting lineup now? Um, ooh, okay. I would take out... Well, okay. If I, I was five, did you, you said five, right? You could trade uh, three okay, out so, of the five. So, so you trade keep two. Th- okay, got it, got it, got it. I'm going to keep Kyle and OG, and I'm going to trade Fred Van Vliet with Alvin Williams, mm. Marcus Saul with Antonio Davis, and Norman Powell with Vince Carter. Mm. Ah, that's a great list. Okay, the one I had typed in right away, uh, Gasol for Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, nice. oh, there you go. You said they're 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 primes, right? Um, hmm. OG for Kawhi, and then my last one is, yeah, I'm trying to find. I'm finding it hard to choose between Lowry and Fred, because uh, I want to keep Siakam somehow. So, yeah, I think so we all I'm do. Trade, yeah, I know. I'm a trade Fred, and I'm gonna bring in. Fred for Vince. There you go. 
<laughs> Vince is a point guard. Yeah. No, no, he's he's the two. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so then my lineup is is Lowry, Vince, Kawhi, Siakam, Olajuwon. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same as yours. Uh, Hakeem at the five, Kawhi, Pascal. Lowry and Vince, I think would be a hell of a lineup. I would love to toss in Tracy McGrady in there somewhere, but I'm going to be cutting somebody that I really like. So hmm. I think that's cool. it. That was fun, man. Okay. I like it. I like the fact that we can, we can uh, kind of throw in some nerdism in there. I like it. I'm, I'm a fan of it. Hopefully, listeners, if you guys are still listening to this, I want you guys to also chime in with your uh, who would you want to trade to? Who would you want to trade in your prime uh, three uh, yes. of your Raptors right now of the past Raptors, who would you trade in? I want to know. I want to know your take for sure. But that's okay for us to wrap up this part two or this Sunday edition of That's a Wrap. Dre, where can I find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and follow my film website, FilmsFatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. No spaces. If you think I'm obsessed with Pokemon, I'm even more obsessed with film, I warn you. So I'm still looking at every single Best Picture winner at the Academy Awards. We're well into the 90s at this point, and we have a couple of great ones, but a couple of really terrible ones. Uh, find out what they are and see my hot takes, because you're probably going to be very angry at me and want to tweet me up. You can find me at Andreas Babs. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. You can find uh, my weekly wrap-up uh, post as well as this podcast on Raptors HQ. So that is me. Over to you, Jay. All right. You can find all of us on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod. And make sure you can email us at That's a Rap Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're trying to find us on all the podcatchers, make sure you look up Raptors HQ because that is our home base. But until next time, guys and girls, that's a wrap.